Hello everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing alright. I don't really, I was thinking of something like funny or clever or witty to say or any kind of update, but uh, the only update I have is I have, uh, I'm watching a cool dog, my friend's dog, and uh, she's a husky and she's laying down next to me and she's very cute. And that will amplify my uh, enjoyment of this recording of the podcast today. So, not doing too bad, Andy. How are you? Uh, you know, not doing too bad either. Hopefully, uh, she makes a noise at some point during this podcast and we can say hello. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was telling you before we got on that I uh, took my, my fiance and I took her parents' dog for a, a hike up a mountain yesterday. And I'm like hella out of shape. So, I'm sitting here today and I'm sore and I'm like burnt it's like it's raining in calgary but i feel like i'm on fire because i got so much sun yesterday Mm -hmm. um but on on the other hand it was good to to go and do a hike it was the the first one of this year obviously since uh you know a lot of that hiking was frowned upon for the first couple months of the year so yeah it felt good um and actually i'm doing i'm doing really good for another reason last week you guys uh heard me plug the zelda dungeon black lives matter stream fundraiser that we were doing uh we did that on saturday and we shattered our donation goal we raised about uh, 750 bucks american which was awesome Uh, i was so happy to see everybody show up for that and uh, support and contribute and the best part about that deck was one of the goal incentives was that if we raised enough money we would start ranking metroid games but we spent so long talking about zelda games that we never got to the Metroid games, so that is still on the table. If if you and I ever want to ever want to tackle that, oh yeah, I mean I have my own ranking, so I'm ready to go whenever you are. It was a fun little format that we um, that we employed to uh, to do the the rankings, and if you donated um, ten bucks, you got to move a game to any different tier if you wanted. So it was, it was madness throughout the whole thing. Um, really fun. If you want to check it out, it's over on Zelda Dungeons Twitch page. Uh, in the archives there if there's any Zelda fans listening to the Omega Metroid podcast but um you know it was a great success and I and I thank everybody for it once again Black Lives Matter it's as simple as that so um we'll we'll definitely not stop doing that on the podcast there or here for that matter so yeah maybe maybe we'll end up having to pick up that Metroid ranking system and, and raise a few more bucks if we can yeah that's not a bad idea and uh I'm we got to do like a Metroid live stream we could rank it right then and there and uh, why not? I'm sure there. I'm sure there are some great arguments to be had just on the individual placing of the games alone, and other things such as the fact that Metroid Prime is way better played on a mouse and keyboard. So I would rank that separately than the other games. Uh, I posted that tier list on my personal Twitter at the Rapture underscore, and you can check that out. But that was a while ago. But yeah, I'm down, and I'm glad that the uh, stream went well. I was gonna be there. I forget what my excuse was, but I definitely made an excuse to you. I apologize for missing it, Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to be there next time. I'm glad that you guys uh, did the thing and raised some money, so good job. Uh, To be fair, I was going to message you when we got to Metroid, and we just never got there, so uh, we we decided to call it quits after about four hours, but that is neither here nor there. We've got a good show for you today. Seems like a long time coming, but man, we are finally going to dive into what I call the Federation Force disaster and everything surrounding that game and the the misconceptions and uh, just what made that game so 
the the, Not the albatross good. almost <laughs> that it is yeah i was trying to think of a polite word but it's just I don't even know. Maybe not good isn't the right word either, but we'll get there in a sec. Before we get there, uh, we did have a few things that we wanted to briefly touch upon. And um, the first of that is we finally got our confirmation of who the next Smash Bros. DLC fighter is going to be. And uh, her name is Min Min, and she's from ARMS. And I know yeah. nothing about this character, but and she looks five cool, people were excited. All, all five <laughs> people that still play ARMS. Uh... Yeah, I got, gotta say, I can't think of a... Well, you know, I hate to say this, because all consideration, I still appreciate that Sakurai is clearly passionate about doing what he does, and I love the love and care him and his team put into all these characters, and, you know, the joy of him actually showing it off to us. So, that all being said, Min Min is just... I could not have cared less. I, I think I cared less only for Byleth, but I don't care about ARMS, um... I don't even know who Min Min is. I didn't even know this character was in the game. I was expecting, like, Spring Man or Spring Girl or Lava Girl and Shark Boy, whoever is in the game. And um, the character themselves looks okay-ish. I, I mean, Sakurai kind of just, like, spammed her smash attacks for seven minutes in the dev showcase. But she kind of looks like she gets blown up by anybody who can move fast or isn't that big or can get in, which is a lot of characters or as items. Because she extends her hurt box with those big arms, I assume. Uh, an interesting, unique kind of zoner character, I guess. Um, looks like some of her attacks are going to be cheesy and gimmicky like most DLC characters have. But, yeah, I want Master Chief still. So, until I uh, until I get John. That was, my, that was my prediction at E3 2019. I was like, okay, we're getting Master Chief in... In Smash, I know we're hearing a lot about Banjo, but man, I think Master Chief would be bigger and better, and it still could happen. It I still, still think happen. it could happen. It would be sick. Um, I was, you know, and and right after that too was the which we'll get into was the you know the day of dev like part of the Summer Games Fest that's been going on, and they mm -hmm. revealed Crash Bandicoot Four. And I'm not a huge Crash Bandicoot fan, but I do like it. I played the games growing up. Uh, I'm not like a crazy fan or anything, but he's cool. I like Crash, and I always thought Crash would be cool in Smash, and I like the new design and he looks good in the game. I was like, damn, like imagine. We got him. Like, he's right here. Like, he can do all this cool stuff. He's cool and funny looking. Like, look, Crash. And instead we got uh, ARMS person. So, but hey, I'm, I'm happy you for know, the ARMS I, fans, I, wanna, I guess. I want to defend um, the decision to put ARMS characters in because, like, I mean, you're right. There's not, like, a ton of ARMS, of ARMS fans out there. But, like, one of the big things about putting a character in Smash is to kind of almost use that as an advertisement for their game series. Like... Like, think about, um, you know, when, when Marth first got in, like, it kind of kick-started Fire Emblem in the West. I mean, like, frankly, probably not a lot of people knew who Ness was when he first showed up in Smash. Um, so, like, you put those characters in, and it's it's almost just like, okay, well, like, this is a big deal, and you get people to retroactively go check out that game. So, you know, it's it's maybe not the most exciting option on face level, but, like, I thought that she looked cool enough, and, like, uh, maybe it maybe it will encourage some people to go and check out arms i played arms when they had it for free a couple weekends ago and um like it was okay it's definitely like kind of a gimmicky switch game but it was fun enough so you know maybe maybe there will be some more people retroactively excited for this after they go here's, back and play arms here's my thing you're right like yeah like i think marth and roy were put in smash even like before one of them was even in fire emblem where the game was out and yeah like the games run out in america and Ness, blah, blah. But that was, like, 20 years ago, before, like, the internet was even, like, big at all. And, like, you couldn't just easily look up a game, you know? And, like, 
so so it's a little different back then to like introduce a character from like another region or games you might not know of and like okay like the internet existed back then but it wasn't as pervasive like the knowledge wasn't as widespread um it, it wasn't this it isn't the same scenario and another thing is that arms has been out for like two years already like you're advertising like a dead game <laughs> like nobody plays uh that people already know about and it's not like people don't know about arms and like wow this could be a really good game maybe if they just knew about it, they'd play it people already know about it and decided they didn't like it and that's why nobody plays it i would i just thought arms like an arms character i thought an arms character would be part of like the main default roster i feel like so it's kind of like actually. weird that an arms character has been put in so late like i'm with you advertise a franchise whatever it is but like strike while the iron's hot like unless they intend on making an arms too soon which i guess they could be but Again, the five people are excited for that, happy for them. But I don't know. I was looking for. I, I wanted the DLC characters to be like really hype and exciting, and a, a bunch of. A couple of them are, but eh, again, another entry for me that is very passable and competitively uh, not going to see much of, I think. So probably not going to play them at all, really. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really disagree with you, but I, I will say before we move on from ARMS, uh, I'm glad that we got like arms instead of like another pokemon or another fire emblem guy or another mario character uh i i was i guess yes with mario and fire emblem i agree i have to admit actually if, if we saw paper mario and smash but though, that that's what i'm saying working. paper mario <laughs> would have been sick my theory here's what i thought was going to happen I, I think i've said this to you i might not have but i don't I haven't said it on the show yet but my theory was going to be was that you know in origami paper mario whatever um he has like the big extendo arms right so I thought that they were going to put Origami Paper Mario in ARMS and then have him be the ARMS representative in Smash. You put Origami Paper Mario and he fills the ARMS like slot and he's Paper Mario. Uh, they didn't do you, that. You had me up until Paper Mario was the ARMS rep. But actually, that's that's a pretty cool Because idea. then we get Paper Mario and we get an ARMS rep who's an actual character I care about and not these randos uh and we didn't even get twin tell who was the only uh the only arms character i know of was actually cool um we didn't get the clown character though which i'm very I was happy it about it would be twin tell uh, as you said like she's the only one that i actually twin tell's the know, only I actual I played, character i played I as her yeah i played as her when i downloaded the demo let's move on from arms and from Wait, smash good. though because we've got a lot of ground to yes. cover um with federation force but before we get there really quick day of devs you said that you um were hyped about crash bandicoot 4 it, was there anything else that stuck out to you? I haven't had a chance to go and watch this yet, so, yeah, uh, the, so the floor is yours. The the Summer Games Fest, if you all don't know about it, it's kind of like the digital E3-ish kind of replacement that like Geoff, Jeff Neely is doing. Geoff, <laughs> Jeff Neely is doing. Um, kind of-ish. And one part of it is like the Day of Devs, which is like a showcase of like a lot of indie developers. So it did also have the Crash 4 Bandicoot announcement and gameplay trailer, which was cool. Excited for that. Uh, there was also a gameplay and reveal trailer for a Smite and Avatar The Last Airbender crossover, where you get some skins that are like uh, Aang and uh, Zuko and Korra for some characters in the game, and that looked pretty sick, even though I don't play Smite, but uh, they continue to put some cool stuff in that game, so props to them. And I think there was something with Alf, I don't know, I was in the bathroom for that part, but anyway, there were some indie games that... Uh, you know, showed up, and there were, I think there were, like, one or two Metroidvania games. There were some other kind of more experimental games, a couple platformers. There was, like, a skateboarding game. Uh, some cool stuff. Definitely recommend it. If you like Metroid, there, I think, uh, Panzer Paladin is my recommendation for you, so uh, I would go back and look at that 
you know, that long broadcast. If you haven't seen it already and check that game out, that game looks cool. And there's some other really cool games there. So uh, some cool indie developers showing off their projects and some pretty awesome games in the works. So I definitely recommend it. It was a cool broadcast, uh, even though it's it's not E3, but uh, for indie developers, it might be. So props to them for getting their games featured and uh, looking forward to some new games coming out throughout the rest of the year next. Heck yeah, I'm excited for all of those Metroidvania games. Um, and I'm going to throw out a cheap plug here. If you guys are following us on Twitter, at Omega Metroid Pod, and I'm at Spateri316, you will see what our next Inspired by a Metroid game is going to be. Um, I've been tweeting about it the last week, so um, if you're not following us on Twitter, head over there and do so, and Dak as well, of course, at the Rapture underscore. That being said, Dak, are you ready to dive into maybe the second most controversial Metroid game ever? I'm not going to claim that it's the most controversial, but it's up there. It's. I would say it's it's in its rightful place as second most controversial. Yes. So yeah, I've... I'm ready to get into it. I replayed a part of the game, like most of the game before this, and then you know I had the <laughs> had the gist um, by then. So yeah, yeah, let's get it. You got this. all you need. Let's get, let's get it over with. <laughs> Metroid Prime Federation Force. Um, what a what a game! And uh, you know, a lot of people, and we've kind of touched on it on the show before. How we're of the opinion that this is a victim of timing almost as much as anything else. And I, I stand by that, but there is definitely a lot of flaws that the game itself has, which we're going to dive into. Um, I played the game about a month ago in its entirety for the first time and jotted down some notes. So uh, we're going to get into that just to, just to put that out there before we get going though, we're not going to focus, or at least I'm not going to focus on the multiplayer aspect of Federation Force. I've never played this multiplayer with another person um, online. So that I'm not qualified to talk about that yet. Um, Although maybe we should. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should host a little Federation Force well, play along. I was. I, I was gonna say. I. I when I played it back recently, I played it by myself. But when I first played it, I did get the chance to like play it a couple times with people co-op. I didn't play Blast Ball, but I did get to do co-op a little bit. So I'll try to remember as best I can. But you know, uh, I wonder if we should almost just save multiplayer for its own for its own thing i think we should talk about it because i do think that is a big okay. part of okay. the game and the draw so to speak of why it was made. Uh, how about this we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit but uh, i think that there's room to to explore in the future and you mentioned it as well um we're not talking about blast ball today that's also its own thing and we can blast can ball there at a at a later date uh we're just going to talk about federation force the game as it was um and give you our thoughts on it and uh you know i will never forget federation force being announced at nintendo's e3 2015 presentation which was already e3 2015 was already kind of a cursed show for nintendo because the the big the big game for nintendo was the legend of zelda wii u as it was known at the time we didn't know it to be breath of the wild yet but it was a legend of zelda wii u and everybody was expecting to see it at e3 and then nintendo basically said we're delaying this game and we're not going to show it. And then they didn't show it at E3, and in fact didn't show Breath of the Wild for another year almost. So um, 2015's E3 really felt hollow to me. And that one had a lot of different gimmicks. You had like the the Muppet puppet things with, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> with Sat- um, uh, Iwata and Reggie and uh, Miyamoto. That, and that was kind of cool. The, the big games were Super Mario Maker and Star Fox Zero. But they slipped mm. in this trailer 
into the presentation and I think that it never ever recovered from how it was revealed and the way that it was revealed on this already kind of cursed show if you want to say that. Um, I recently actually rewatched the announcement trailer and even the trailer itself it's just like Nintendo has a really bad habit in showing off um, like 3DS or DS trailers well like they'll have the, the the outline of the top screen of the 3DS and then like the trailer takes place inside and it looks super campy it looks super hokey and if this game was ever going to succeed they needed a wicked trailer and they definitely did not do that and then they definitely showed it off at this really bad E3 on top of that and they definitely showed off a game that no Metroid fan wanted so I feel like you know they had their chance to say like maybe this isn't the game that you Metroid fans want but it's going to be a cool precursor to something you do and they bundled it up and uh the, the problems for me really just started then because it, it sent off the perception that this game was going to be kind of uh skippable for lack of a better word or it, it wasn't it wasn't as important so that's the that's what i remember from watching this trailer for the very first time back at e3 2015 what do you remember um thinking when you saw metroid prime federation force yeah uh i'm getting a refresher here on e3 2015 and i'm like oh, why don't i remember anything from this year and that's because that e3 was like really bad for nintendo <laughs> I think other yeah. than Super Mario Maker, there was nothing really. I think like Mario Tennis was announced that event, but like they had some Skylanders amiibo. You said Star Fox, uh, Star Fox Zero, which I guess at the time was kind of cool, but never really got anywhere. Uh, Triforce Heroes was kind of a, a dud-ish for Zelda. Um, you know, Happy Home Designer for Animal Crossing. It was a really dud year. So yeah, I saw Federation Force, and I actually remember that they showed off Blast Ball before the actual direct i think at the world championships but it wasn't called blast ball i think they just played it and it, like it wasn't called like metroid blast ball it was just called blast ball and but it had this kind of metroid look to it and i was like oh what is why does this like oddly look like metroid but not really and then i think a day later or two they revealed federation force and the first thing that obviously stuck out to me was like the whole chibi thing um and like the look of the logo i was like this is Oh, this is not what it, this is not it. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I all of those announcements that year were bad, but when we saw when I saw this and it was kind of like shown and you're right, it had that campy kind of feel to it and this like oh this is gonna be a fun adventure. Look at these cool, chibi Metroid characters, and then it was like gone in an instant after. I was like, bro, is that really what we just waited? Because this was 2015. When it was announced mm -hmm. other m came yep. out in 2010 so this is five years after other m so already been stewing marinating in the hatred for other m for five years and then this is what gets announced um yeah i actually i almost should like re-watch the trailer for federation force real quick but like it's it's not good it's it's basically just like a little few snippets of gameplay again set in that hideous yeah top screen 3ds it's it's bad well, i okay and it's only about a minute it is it is also only a minute but i remember when i watched this immediately that it opens up with the ice caverns like shot and i'm like oh like are we going back to fendrana like this would be cool like maybe we're revisiting things and then these chibi guys come out these little mech dudes come out i'm like what the f what is this yeah the whole i don't this is not a good trailer i'm, I'm gonna close that yeah not a great reaction when I first saw it. 
and you know the thing is too um the the chibi art style is still so bad confusing to me because like chibi art i i feel like that's hard to pull off in any game um because i don't know it just looks graphically i just think it looks bad like it's like everything's smushed together it's like it's just it's not my favorite kind of aesthetic but i can i can maybe appreciate where in some series in some instances it can work to an extent but i just don't feel like metroid is one of those series at all like you know as we've said before metroid is a series that takes itself seriously and rightfully so um, because it's a it's a more serious mature nintendo franchise and this this almost reminded me of other m where it's like um and and not graphically the same but other m kind of tried to take metroid in a direction that it it wasn't really known for it wasn't its strength it was like other m for lack of a better word to me was like very very anime and very just like had a lot of characteristics that weren't consistent with what we know metroid to be and even in even just looking at its art style to me it was just like it was too anime and i'm sorry i can't think of a better way to put it than that but like um, this one was like the opposite direction. This this kind of reminded me of like when Zelda went to the uh, cell shaded presentation, and t- Nintendo was like, "Hey, we can market this for kids or whatever." And I was just like, "Is that what they're trying to do? Like, make it a little bit more appealing to like a younger fan base or something like that?" Like, I I, I don't really understand why you're doing this chibi kind of presentation. I mean, like, uh, nobody's saying that you have to have like 4K graphics for this game, but like. Nintendo's also quite good at finding, you know, art styles that that kind of get around their technical limitations. Like like even Xenoblade on the 3DS was kind of the same. Uh, you know, it was running around the same time, the same caliber of graphics would be used for Metroid Prime Federation Force. I think that that would have fit a lot better. But I, I was just looking at this chibi art style, and I'm like, it's like they're trying to piss off Metroid fans because I just I don't know that anybody that I know that likes Metroid is, is asking for this. So it was just, yeah. it was very curious to me. I, I didn't understand it. Cause I, I thought it was like, okay, they're doing it to make it like cheaper to make, you know, like they, it, it's easier, I guess, to make like a chibi art style game, like graphics wise on the 3ds or on any portable system, really. And it's probably cheaper to do, probably easier to do. Um, that was always my assumption that they did it that way because they were like, we're just gonna, that we don't have faith in Metroid. The fans don't have faith in Metroid, not because they don't have faith in Metroid, but because the people making it just made a horrible game five years prior. But, you know, they have this idea of, oh, they don't want Metroid at all. So we're going to ease our way into Metroid again five years later, six years later, whatever, with this, like, low-budget game. Um, And again, that's what I thought, you know, and do it in this chibi art style. It never occurred to me that, like, oh, maybe they did this for kids because... Kids don't buy Metroid, first of all. <laughs> so exactly, that's why I was just like, "That's so weird." So I never like even that never even occurred to me because I wouldn't even think that they would do that. And second, even if they did buy Metroid, they don't buy their 3DS to play four-player co-op FPS games. They're gonna play it on their Xbox or their PlayStation Four with cool FPS games that other kids play. Nobody owns Federation Force. Who are you gonna be playing with? Which is another issue of the game, making it so that you can't play online i believe right you can't even play online for co-op i think i'm pretty sure um or if i, I have no i'm idea pretty sure i'm pretty sure you can only do local play if i'm wrong on that then 
I never really bothered to really look, but I doubt that there was really any huge online presence to begin with. And I'm pretty sure that you could never play online. You needed like four local friends, which made it even more impossible to play the game the right way. Because how are you ever going to find... How do you? First of all, when do you ever find three other Metroid fans in general in person? But then <laughs> to have them also have Federation Force and their 3DS on them and actually play together. Um, even if that was online, to even have that happen... You know, at least in Hunters, if I didn't have a, a people to play with, I could still play online against people, play free-for-all, whatever it is. And there was a big online community, but for this, I, if, I don't think there was online. If there was, I don't think it really was ever a big thing. But, yeah, I don't understand what their intention was. It didn't seem like it was for kids, because, like, who would be buying that? I didn't really seem like they were trying to make a game that cost too much, so maybe that was it. Maybe they were trying to piss off Metro fans. Maybe they're trying to take it in a different direction. Um, I don't like the chibi art style either, but, like, it kind of works for stuff that's already anime-ish, you know? Like, stuff that's, like, yeah, an anime... there can be times where it works. Yeah, or, like, you know, you are play, like, Maple Story, that kind of game, you know, like, a anime-ish, and, like, and actually, side You know what, too, is, like, I, I do appreciate the fact that, like, okay, so Federation Force is obviously a spin-off title. It's not, like, one of your main Metroid stories, so, like, we want to make it look distinctive so that you know it's not like like it's not in the main metroid timeline right like it's, it's very much a side story but still i i feel like you just could have accomplished that in a way that you could still make this look distinct and unique without making it look like i, I don't know cheap i guess is the word i'm looking yeah for. it does look cheap i mean you look like the yeah everything looks generic you have your generic ice areas your generic desert areas your the mechs are pretty flat and blocky. Um, there's, like, nothing visually appealing whatsoever in the game. Uh, you know, and you go back to, like, yeah, Nintendo's good, and most studios who seem to work on Nintendo, or a lot of studios that work on Nintendo games or license it, whatever, can pull off, you know, art styles that work with or against or around the limitations of the platform that they're on. But this game is just didn't even seem to, to bother or try that at all. It was just like, yeah, we're going to make this look not good <laughs> and not well, really try you know it's strange too because uh, next level games developed metroid prime federation for us and aside from this game their catalog is like full of hits yeah like they they developed uh luigi's mansion dark moon on the 3ds which is one of the, one of my favorite 3ds games mm -hmm. they just did luigi's mansion 3 which is awesome i don't know if you ever played like Super Mario Strikers Hell back yeah, in the day, dude. but that was Super wicked. Mario Strikers that was and so Strikers Charge, like I love those games. Are you kidding me? Even even Punch Out they did yeah. for the Wii, which I had kind of a fun time with actually. So like these guys aren't schlups. Like they make good games, and it's like they might have been directed how... that way. You know, maybe they maybe they didn't want to. do I, I that. I feel like that must have been it. Yeah, but yeah. Nintendo was like, we're gonna make a Metroid Chibi game, and you're the ones making it. Uh, you know. So to to kind of bring this all back, so we. This is all coming from the initial announcement trailer um, that they're showing at, at E3. So, like, right away, you can, from just our talking about it, you can see all the problems that just pour out from this actual trailer. The, the art style, the, the actual presentation of the trailer, uh, the timing of the release when there is no other Metro news. Like, it's very, very curious, and it's very... Not ugh, unsettling, maybe for Metroid fans, it could be, because it's so not what Metroid fans want, especially after Other M. Um, this seemed to go further in that direction where it's like this is bad ver versus like okay, we know that we made a mistake with Other M. Let's kind of course correct here. So all of this, all of these feelings come from that initial trailer. But you know, 
I was I was kind of willing to let I was willing to let that go, and I'm like, you know what? When the game comes out, I'll read a little bit about it. I'll see how it reviews. Um, because I'm not really interested in it at all as a Metroid fan, but I'll see how it goes. But then the game came out and it did not review well. And it took me until we started this podcast to actually muster up the the desire to go out and get it and play it. And unfortunately, the the issues are not just in how it was announced or the, the art style of it. There are a lot of issues in the actual game itself, which we'll get into here. Yeah, uh, well... I think the the biggest thing is that it, like, you know, we talked about, like, on the Hunters episode, like, does Hunters really bring, like, is it really Metroid Prime? Is it Metroid blah blah? Like, does it really bring those elements? This game, like, strips away what makes Metroid Metroid, what made Metroid Prime Metroid Prime, what made Hunters Hunters. Like, it has no, it has very few redeeming qualities in terms of what it adds, because it, like, it takes away the exploration and the isolation element of, like, Metroid Prime. The gunplay is bad, so it doesn't really have anything on Hunters. Uh, the puzzles aren't, are non-existent to really horrible, to really, really boring and repetitive and redundant. So it doesn't have anything on Metroid at all, really. So a lot of the time you're just looking at it like, all right, I guess this game is really made to play Metroid in co-op. And if you can't do that, that sucks. But at the end of the day, it's like, does it really deliver on that too? And it, it kind of delivers on nothing. This game for me has always been like other M is egregiously bad. Like it's it, it goes past being like it's like negative. It's hor- it's a negative experience. It, it has no re- it has anti redeeming qualities. It takes away life. It's it siphons away your life like force when you play it, right? <clears throat> this game is just like eh, it's like mediocre. It's like unoffensively bad. It's like a game you're like you kind of pity it. Like, oh, this could have been better. Like, ah oh you know what could have been or eh, you know it did its best here or it's forgettable other m is like a demon baby that you have to like uh, you know exercise and this game is just like eh, a bump on the road you really forget about it don't hit it too hard because it could you know screw up your whole chassis but like eh, you know otherwise you're not really going to remember it and i think that's the problem with this game is that it adds nothing it improves nothing it's not horribly, horrendously awful and treacherously terrible, but it it does something that almost no Metro game does, which is nothing. Most Metro games like really like stand out in some kind of way, gameplay wise or aesthetic or whatever it is, or they go in a really different direction and are polarizing. But this game, I think, was polarizing because it, it was so bland and like did nothing. It's like it's not even a blip on the radar. It you you nailed it. It managed to do something that like. I thought was impossible and make just a completely forgettable Metroid game. And, and you know, we've said on the show before, this this game is a victim of timing. If it came out in the heyday of like the mid-2000s when we had Prime and Echoes and Corruption and Hunters, let's say that this game came out in between uh, Echoes and Corruption. I, I think that people don't look as negatively at this game as they do, right? And And I think that we can both agree on that. Yeah. But even even so, even if it did come in there, like it really there there is a lot of of problems with this game that that holds it back. Like this game could have kind of proved the naysayers wrong, and if it delivered a great experience, it it could have been one of those titles where it's like you'd see the review lines be like, you know, don't sleep on this game. It it's maybe it's not what you think you want, but you're gonna want it after reading this review or playing this whatever, right? 
but it just doesn't do that at all. And, and again, I don't know if that's because they were trying to make this on the cheap, but if they were trying to make a game on the cheap too, it seems weird to me that they would pick the, the Metroid franchise to do that. Um, it, it's very much like a game that just feels like it kind of had the Metroid name slapped on it in a lot of yeah. aspects. Absolutely. I agree. I like, it reminded me, I don't know if you ever played this game, uh, moon on the DS. It was like an FPS game that was on the original no. DS. And I was, it kind of reminded me like if they took the moon IP and just made it co-op and then slap Metroid to it, that's how it played to me. That's how it looked to me. Um, yeah, they could have just made this game without the Metroid name and been fine. I, I still think it would have been a pretty like eh game if it was released back then, but, uh, yeah, I, this game... I, I think I it know. wouldn't have had that spotlight and that scrutiny it on it if it was at least have, camouflaged. It's just that, like, any bad or eh game, no matter what it was, coming out after Other M was never gonna... It was gonna automatically be received horribly by the general public. So, yeah, like, it turned, like, a game that's, like, a 6 into, like, a 2 because of its timing. It's still probably, like, a 5 or a 6, you know, which is still not great. But, um, yeah, the fact that, like, we were just wanted a Metro game, something... Even, like, a safe, good Metro game would have been fine. But to go this route was not the move. All right, so let's, you know, we've been, we've been kind of dumping on Federation Force here, but let's get into why this game doesn't deliver. I've jotted down a few notes here, Dak. I'll kind of take us through a navigation of some problems that I found, and then we can talk about the story once we're, once we're done that. But, I mean, number one problem for this game is um, first-person shooters are notoriously hard to do on portable consoles. We saw it on the DS, it was hard to do then, and it's still hard to do on the 3DS. And when I'm playing this, uh, first of all, you have this opening shooting sequence where like, you have the the gyro controls, and like, I hate those, I hate using those. I know a lot of people love them, but like, I just, I can't use them at all. So I, I wanna immediately slap that off. But when you do that, it's like, you don't have very good control over where you're actually aiming because there is, if you're playing on a regular 3DS with, and I play on the new 3DS, which has like the little nub at the other side. So it's almost like dual analog, but man, if you're playing on the regular 3DS, I don't know how you play this game without motion controls. Yeah. And even the, the nub is like not in a great position. It's not very comfortable. No, not at all. <laughs> it, it's terrible. It's, it's it's really it's really really hard to to use that nub to to aim and like you know that's how you play the entirety of the game um even like even hunters will let you use the the four buttons on the on the side to to move your or the touch shooter around or the touchpad and you know i didn't like the touchpad either so i was just like okay i'll play with the buttons even that is far more responsive than using the little nub um especially because like dude i have i have big hands like that nub is like it's smaller than my yeah. fingernails, so it's like, no, I'm with you. okay, well, I guess this is how I'm playing. But I was thinking, and I'm like, how do you play this if you don't have that nub? If you have a regular 3DS, like I would imagine most people do. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, and it makes again makes you again wonder, like, what was the intent of the game? Like, why make this game that, like, is either built not built for the system or, like, could have been built for it but not built properly, like... You know, why is, like, why are the buttons not, like, mappable and customizable so you can at least try yeah, to, like, my next point. fix things that, you know, it doesn't seem like they were even trying yes. to give the game a chance. I, I was writing notes when I was playing this about a month ago, and my third note, in all caps with, like, 20 exclamation points, is, like, 
Why is there no custom controls and no button mappings? This is, like, that's a hallmark of first-person shooters. And this, again, like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, this is not what I would call a quote-unquote Metroid Prime game where, like, you're exploring. This is a first-person shooter where you have different objectives and different levels. This is a classic first-person shooter. So, like, there's no good reason why you can't button map all of your all of your different buttons especially because as we'll get into in a second here some of the some of the choices like the default choices for buttons are absolutely terrible like terrible but like there's no reason that I shouldn't be able to to customize this to what is most comfortable for my particular layout of the 3DS especially because it's uncomfortable already using the the nub to move around yeah i i wish you'd been able to change that kind of stuff and it hurt my hands playing it, <laughs> for sure. Um, so there is um, there is a, a particular gripe that I had speaking of um, of button mapping too, and that was about locking on to enemies, and where I was really noticing that I was like, God damn, I wish that we had button mapping here because this is terrible. So, on the top of your 3ds or the new 3ds again, my experience is playing on the new 3ds, which has a couple more buttons than the standard one. Mm-hmm. But on the top of it, you have an R and an L button, and then you have RZ and LZ. And RZ and LZ are at least half the size of the regular R and L button, and they're further into the DS. So you have to skip over the shoulder button and go into the smaller RZ buttons. So you use RZ to lock onto enemies instead of the R button. And I was like, that drove me crazy. Because I was like, this button is so small, I have to position my hand in a way that I don't hit the R button. And, God, I just, I wish I could change this. Because that, like, that one in particular just, like, drove me nuts. Nuts! Yeah, I mean, I wish there wasn't even a lock-on in in the game at all. Because I feel like, like, if you're going to go the full FPS route, like, why even give me the lock-on? Because it just makes every fight, oh, I don't have to move or really aim or think about what I'm doing because I can just the game will just aim for me and then I just shoot until the you know the thing dies or if it's a boss until it charges me or doesn't attack I strafe it and then I stand in place and mash again so it's like that's another thing like again going back like it doesn't really do anything to upgrade what other games have done like it didn't it it throws away other elements of Metroid Prime to focus on the gunplay but then the gunplay is based on Metroid Prime which is you know unexplored in some ways to begin with because of how like metroid prime controls but this game doesn't control exactly like metroid prime it doesn't need the same kind of systems like hunters doesn't have that lock on for good reason uh this just even made it like easier and slower like it slows the game down and then yeah to even use it is very uncomfortable um at some point i just was like i'm not even gonna lock on i'll make the i i tried to make the game a little more enjoyable for myself by just not locking on ever because at least it made it like a little more difficult i guess yeah, I um, I don't know. That just it drove me absolutely nuts. I I did try and play without locking on to uh, to some enemies as well, but like especially for bosses, I feel like you like for me like I'm not I'm not an FPS guy, right? So I, like I I'm not very good at them. So I'm like okay, I need to lock on if I'm gonna have my chance of success here. But you know, even you said that even like once you lock on you can just mindlessly mash the button and you're and you're good and for the most for the majority of the game that's actually true but there are some bosses where like you you lock on but then you need to kind of move your your cursor once you're locked on yeah. to like precision sure. aim yeah and those are another example of like 
it really, really works um, quite badly, in my opinion. So it's hard and, to be again, accurate, even when the game is trying to help. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It's it's really hard to hit what you're trying to hit, even when you're locked on, because like yeah. you have to move your your little nub while you're trying to do that, and like so you're you're clamping onto this small little button with your left hand. You're moving your little nub with your thumb, and you're like you're firing on L with your index finger. I'm making the shape right now with my hand, and it's like this is it looks like somebody's twisting my fingers like it's it's super uncomfortable to play yeah um and, and there was there's one boss in particular i can't remember the name but like he's it's this like spire basically in it and it's like a bunch of big boxes and they open oh, up the, and the data guns that the data ma- the data mainframe boss towards the end yeah yeah it's yeah. so, like you lock on to that thing and it's like forget about it you're not going to hit anything if you're if you're locking yeah. on so like yeah. you end up just not using it and it's like even when the game is trying to help you, it's like, this is ridiculous because you, you can't actually hit anything. Yeah, I saw that boss. I was like, wow, I remember this boss. Like, I fought it three times in Hunters. I come... <laughs> it was the exact same boss. <laughs> um, yeah, that was another thing. Speaking of bosses, the bosses are not great. <laughs> um, I was kind of hoping that they would stand out to me a little more. I think the the one that kind of stood out to me the most was... I forget what its name is, uh, but the one that's kind of like Ceres from Fusion, it's like underwater. It's kind of like the the water temple boss in Majora's oh, yeah, Mask yeah. almost. It's like yeah. almost the exact same boss fight. But he, it, the boss is moving so slow. It's crawling around me. And it's like, this game is so slow. Every boss fight is so, like, the animations are slow. Even when you fight, spoilers, Samus at the end, um, the, the first three quarters of the boss fight, she is just moving at two centimeters an hour around the spider tracks i'm like dude what is happening till finally she starts boost balling all over the place and you kill her i'm like why is this game so slow the movement is so slow there's no movement abilities i don't even think there's a grapple i think they're just like places you grapple onto like there's everything is so slow and and like plotting and to get through everything, it, it really like the, and then you gotta lock on to stuff, and then you smash on some things and wait till it dies. You gotta sit here and protect it, because um, every mission is like a variation of one or two different things. Uh, yeah, so slow. The bosses were kind of disappointing in that way too, and I forget what we were talking about initially, but yeah, the gun, yeah, the gunplay, yeah, just like it, it's hard for you to be accurate. The, it, the your hands hurt, and you're walking through these three generic locations over and over again very slowly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and actually, before we get into the locations of the game, which I, I want to explore, um, I, I I agree with you about the bosses. They were, like they they were okay. You know, You're like right. I don't think that I don't think any of them was like absolutely awful, but certainly none of them were fantastic. And and I want to talk about Samus in particular a little bit later in the show here. But um, one of the things that you mentioned that uh, that I wrote down as well is like even with the terrible button mapping or lack of button mapping and the the awkward controls and the awkward grip that you have to use to play this game. Uh, this game is like so easy. Yeah. It's so, e- I mean, it's, it's so easy. You don't easy. need co-op to beat it. <laughs> you can just no. run through it by uh, well, yourself. Even, without even, even then you have the option of, if you don't have other people um, playing co-op with you, you can have these little drones that fly over mm-hmm. you and just blast the heck out of anything that's in your path. So like, and you can have up to three of them to kind of replace the the co-op players that you don't have. So, like, and I'm not I'm not a guy that's like, um, I don't need to have like 
necessarily a really hard game, but like I, I do like a little bit of a challenge and you, you get that satisfaction when you beat a hard enemy or a hard boss and it's like, okay, well, like I rock a little bit for, for doing that. This game is just like incredibly, incredibly easy. And like, uh, I, I don't often complain about games being easy. And maybe if this game had a better story, I wouldn't complain about right. this one either. Yeah. But like when I'm playing it, I'm just like, God, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm blitzing through everything and you know the game being so easy is also exasperated by the fact that the world is you know again quite bland yeah can we get into the story and like the setting because i think that really just leads into this i don't i would not well, let's let's get into the setting here let's get into the okay setting the setting before fine, we dive into the story yeah okay uh, all right yeah fine um i was gonna say yeah the game would i would have no problem with the game being easy if the places i was i was entering were cool and I could explore some cool places or unlock or uncover some cool things, or there was a cool story happening that I have no problem with. If the game is easy, that's fine. But like, yeah, setting wise, there's about maybe an ice area reused three or four times. Uh, like in the first 10 missions, I think you go back to this well, place. Like all of them. There's only, there's I, only three I areas and you do like I, five I missions. I want to say, if I remember off the top of my head, there's the ice area. There's the desert area. There's the laboratory, like, like thundery thund area. Well, there's well, there's two different kinds of labs. There's like the one lab that's kind of has like greasy looking and like pipey. There's also the one area that like is rain, like the red light, like the red electric lights, and like it's right. raining. That was that's the only place that stuck out to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you go inside immediately after. I was like, oh, great, awesome. Um, yeah, there's that that one platformy lab, and like that's it. And then you just recycle those areas ad nauseum throughout the game, and which was, uh, it's just Metroid. It's not that like every video game has a nice area and a desert area and a lava area, and that's fine. But it's like the takes on those tropes that make it special, right? So like Fendrana, sure, it's like a, you know, a snowy area that you've seen before. And we've covered in our mapping Metroid episode, which you should totally go back and check out. Um, but it's cool because it has like the Chozo ruins elements and like those deep caverns and all the things and the creatures you can find. So it stands out in that kind of way. The ice area here is like just bland, nothing like this. Flat. This is somebody making an ice area in Minecraft or something. Yeah, like, checking out my my ice world. It's like the most generic stuff you could like think of. I mean, there's no soul or character or anything and of course you have nothing to scan there's nothing to look at or find so you're just going through these bland nameless faceless corridors into these bland nameless faceless open areas into bland nameless faceless corridors again <laughs> and i'm like dude and i i dude i remember when i first played it uh and then it happened to me again this time because i forgot you go into those first three areas and it's kind of, like, feels a little diversified for the first five or six missions. But then, like, I think it's mission six or seven. You go right back to the ice area. And I'm like, dude, I was just here. And then you go right back to the desert area. And then you go right back. Like, it was, that's when I knew. And I was like, I still have 20 more missions. And I've already been to the same three locations two or three times. This is not going to be good. And and you know what about that, too? is Is I don't actually... I don't mind what they were trying to do where like you, you have your three areas, right? And like you explore deeper and you find different nooks and crannies of them. That's kind of like the hallmark of Metroid is finding different areas within the same, uh, the same area. But like, man, let's, let's use, um, 
let's use Fendrana again as an example here. You get into Fendrana, you can get into the snowy area, then that kind of changes into the research lab, which kind of changes into the edge, yep. which kind of changes into the depths and underwater. And it's just like, it's like you have the same snowy platforms, you have the same kind of lava-y, uh, bouldery setting, and it's it doesn't change or evolve to that extent that as Metroid fans, you expect it to. So it, it very much just like, stays the same i actually agree with you when i was playing it the first like couple missions i was like all right this is the like i'm into this so far um and, and not to suggest that all these missions are bad because like they're not they're they're okay but it's just like they're they're very bland and very vanilla and they right. don't change so it's like this is forgettable mm -hmm. you know is, is probably the word that we're going to be uh, coming back to over and over again right uh, you know what? actually i had a thought too speaking of uh these bouldery uh, levels there was one level and i know i was just complaining about the game being super easy but i thought that there was two points where it was actually like hard but like be not not in a good way in a frustrating way where like it's just like this is hard because the game isn't designed well and do you remember the level where you're like pushing that oh my big God. thing <laughs> into the boulder area and there's thunder going on everywhere uh are you talking about the the like the slow minecart level yeah the, yeah the minecart oh my oh, god that was awful that level is so that level is so boring the car the it's cart so is bad you go so, so slow. slow and then like one or two pirates will jump on at a time and you just mash at them and then you wait for the thing to move another three feet down the track that was so i i thought that bad. that was hard because you were going like so slow like you're, you're going so slowly that it, it makes it impossible to feel like you you're getting to the next bunker in time yeah. when you also have to like fight off all these things so i hated that and there's also a level where like uh, i think it's in like the research thundery area where like you set off the the security drone and it splits into three and like you have to chase these things around and i was just like screaming at my ds because these things were so fast and like you could shoot them and then you had to carry them back and there's like a million invisible enemies coming at you and i was just like i was so ready to just close my 3ds and never play federation force again at this point yeah but my, yeah my, my, those my least my least two favorites were certainly first off the levels where you get out of your mech and you're walking around as your guy in third person uh, I hated those those areas, the, like the stealth kind of. You have to. You know, I actually didn't mind those. those. I thought that those were okay. I was, dude. I thought those were so bad. When 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 they were the dialogue was like, "Oh, you gotta get out of your mech." I was like, "No, no, no, no! Don't do it! Don't make me get out of this mech! You're just joking!" And then the guy gets out, <laughs> and I see it in third person. I'm like, "This looks so bad, and it's not fun." Like, you know, the stealth section in the in zero in zero mission worked for me because number one, it only happened once. And it's short. Number two, you had a stun gun, so there was a little bit of interactivity. Um, it looked cool. It's 2D, whatever. In this scenario, you have no way to interact with anything. You're forced to just run into these little, like, alcoves on the side of these corridors that exist only in this area, nowhere else. Um, you, It looks bad. You look like you look like Tommy Pickles in, like, a spacesuit running around <laughs> and, like, avoiding these big things. And... I, it was so bad. Uh, those areas were not good. And then my only other thing, well, not only other thing, but another part of the game that really stuck out to me that I hated were, you know, those puzzles where you had to shoot the big balls into like the little cups or whatever, or into like the cannons. Like there's that one yeah. level where you're going through the canyon and there's like ships chasing you and you got to put the balls into the cannons. Dude, whoever decided 
the puzzle was going to be you shoot, you look down and you shoot at a big volleyball until you get into a hole that needs to be fired and removed from the gaming industry and and blacklisted because that is not a puzzle. Okay, you just shooting balls into cups with your gun and not lo and looking down at the ground and spamming this button until it cooperates with you is not a puzzle. It's not fun. It sucked. I hated that, and it happens like three or four times in the game. Um, uh, there is truly like, awful. one time the one time when you're on the the ship at the end of it in particular is is pretty egregious. You know, uh, going back to stealth, uh, <laughs> Tommy Pickles, that's awesome. But like, I I kind of agree with you. It it, it sucks, but like, I think I liked it just because it broke up the. The monotony of like your missions. I guess so, so. Like I didn't mind it. Uh, you know, the the ones where you shoot the ball could have been okay, except that the, your controls are awful. So like it it sucks to shoot yeah. it. But if you had if you had better controls, it might not be so bad. But you don't. Um, but let's let's get into kind of the story the, here. The, and the I have an observation. Yeah, yeah, the quote unquote story. So I have an observation. Tell me if you notice this. So I think that the problems with the story start right away. And I'm not going to suggest that they're other and bad, uh, but they're not great. Well, yeah, let's let's so, first – I want to, yeah, preface this with the writing well, is not other and bad and the dialogue right. is not other and bad, you know. Right. It's just – It's pretty it, – it's inoffensive. It's just generic dialogue for the most part. But, yeah, the story is, is not that offensively bad. It's just okay. So tell me if you notice this. There is actually like a kind of a cool little bit of backstory and prologue. But oh, it's the in prologue like, is awful. it's in it's in the opening it's in the opening like title credits of the games so, like when you press they're gone as soon as you press start and you press A to select a new file and then they never show up in the actual game itself so like it's it's I mean it's not Shakespeare but like at least it kind of sets you up as to what's going on and gives yeah. you a background I'm like I was watching I was like okay but, like I I totally feel like a lot of players just totally probably skipped past this because. You know, when I get a new game, I press A and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I you know, for, well, I gotta go with the, pro, I gotta go through this prologue because it is not good. And I honestly, I'm kind of glad that it was skippable because if you actually get into the details of what the prologue is and like the setup for the game, it's, it's not good. So like the whole setup of the game is the Federation and the Pirates both took heavy losses after Prime 3, which we all know, right? Phasen is gone, blah, blah, blah. But... The Federation is like, nah, we really, really got to just eliminate the pirates, like, right now. For some reason, they've never needed to do this. Like, all of a sudden, they've kind of not come to this realization, but, like, the fact that it's stated that, like, the Federation is like, okay, now we're going to take out the pirates, even though they've been fighting them for years now, um, is whatever. So they decide they're going to do this Operation Golem, which is a military campaign to take out the space pirates using soldiers like Federation Marines armed with battle armor, the mechs in the game, to attack the pirates directly or something. Because apparently Samus is not enough, um, and they need these mechs to, to do this. So, and then they send them to the Bermuda system. Wow, very, very original. Um, so the whole setup for the game is, even though Samus is the one responsible for practically saving everybody in the last huge story arc of the series... Um, instead of trying to replicate that or work with Samus more or whatever, we're going to do this like cheap, not well, we're going to do this like mech like team of Marines and go after the pirates directly, even though that's apparently wasn't the Federation objective to begin with um, and send them to a planet that the, the, the soldier, the, the space pirates are on. Like I, 
the setup I think was probably skippable. I think that's probably a good thing. And the whole story is based around them, like, essentially just trying to screw with the space pirates and, like, mess up their stuff all the time and hope that Samus is, like, helping them or aids them at the right time. Uh, some parts of the missions are literally, like, protect a drill or, you know, obtain this MacGuffin and get it back or whatever. Um, yeah, I think the setup was probably skippable. It just, it's, it, it's bewildering to see that, like, after Prime 3, the Federation s still needs to, like, get it through their head that, like, maybe we should take out the pirates directly. And then this is their means to do so. Um, very odd to me. You know what? I actually, I, I was with the, the intro because to me, I'm like, you know, Metroid is kind of based or grounded in reality or a little bit more so than your average Nintendo series, right? So I'm like, okay, well, like, it, may, it does make sense that the, the Federation has, like, these teams that they would also send in yeah. to do some other like work or whatever. And like, you know, Samus is his incredible warrior, but like, we don't want to, or at least I don't want to see her turn into like a cheesy, like almost superhero, even though, I mean, she's that already, but like, it, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down for like these side missions or whatever. But speaking of Samus, I actually think that that is the biggest drawback to this game's plot in general, because you, you constantly hear the general or whatever i don't even remember what this general's name is but the the guy who talks to you in between each what? mission and he is constantly what? telling you like the the great warrior samus aran or this great this great the great samus and samus is doing this and samus is investigating this and samus is sneaking into this and samus is going to come and, and save you and it's like you you beat over the head that samus is the important one doing all the important work and it makes your own mission in this game lesser than. And if this is a theme throughout the entire game. Like, I get that you're a Federation Marine doing, like, support work. That's fine. But, like, it just makes your own mission seem so much less important than whatever Samus is doing. And the game just, like, beats you over the head with that again and again and again. And it's like, okay, I, I get that. You know, I get that Samus is doing the important stuff. But, like, this mission should be treated as important as well. And, like... It kind of is, but like every time they bring in or they mention Samus, to me, it was like it was almost undermining what our own Federation Force squad was doing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if that, if you kind of picked up on that, but like, yeah, it, it was towards the end of the game where like every time that he brought up Samus, I was just like, stop. No, I will, I will concede on the setup part. Yeah, like I, you know, it's fine. Maybe I'm being a little too hyperbolic, but, um. Yeah, the inclusion... I thought at first, I was like, okay, the inclusion of Samus, like, seeing the game's not from her perspective, but her still being kind of, like, a part of the story, I think is fine, um, like, as like as an idea. But in execution, yeah, like, it always made it seem like she was doing something more important. Or, if you were ever in trouble, Samus is going to help you. Like, there's one boss where yeah. that literally happens. Like, you beat the boss, and the boss, like, comes back and, like, attacks... I think it was the, the big beetle looking thing like yeah, rock the, or the one whatever. who follows yeah. you yeah and then samus shows up in her ship and destroys the thing which makes me think why didn't first of all why are we even sending this team in to have this like life or death battle with this big totally. huge enemy that samus can just dr do a drive-by on and kill in one shot why is why are they being like it seemed like the stakes were off because at times you'd be in these really intense situations and you think wow you, you almost think samus should be here um, and then other times you'd think, well, damn, it doesn't really matter if I fail us or not, because Samus will come in and save us anyway, and then it does actually happen. And, you know, it's it's like a, you know, a deus ex machina that could happen at any time, 
and you know the stakes aren't high because if anything really ever got out of hand, Samus would show up and and, and save it, you know, plot-wise or whatever. And we know that it's not like Samus dies in the story or anything because other games happen afterward. Um, and the, the, the characters you play with are generic no-names, so it doesn't matter if they die or not. Who cares? Um, yeah, like the... Adding Samus, I 100% agree, definitely, like, deflates the the stakes, the tension, I think, a lot of the time. And I, 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 don't, I don't know if I would say I was beaten over the head by it, but I do know that when they first show you Samus, and you see Chibi Samus, I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> no. I, I, though I will say, it's the, a couple of the cutscenes, Chibi Samus actually kind of looks kind of cool. But at other times, I was like, eh, I don't really need this. And that's another thing about the story, too, which really bothers me. In Metroid Prime 2, you have that whole beginning portion of the game where you uncover what happens with those, like, you know, Federation Marines that get attacked by the Ing. Why couldn't you just make a game about that? You have these Federation troopers, you give them names, you give them backstories, you give them uh, goals, motivations, uh, flaws, <laughs> and character traits, right? And then you have them interact with each other, and then they go into the events of the game as are described in prime 2 and you get to experience that until the end of the game where they're all dead and it's a really tragic like a tragic story and maybe even ends with the segment of samus showing up and seeing the remains how sick that would have been uh yeah imagine you know imagine storytelling in that way instead we get these no-name federation troopers that you don't you can't even really care about them because they look like chibi anime characters but beyond that like, all the characters introduced besides Samus are no-name characters or their characters we're going to forget about. You have General... I think the General's name was Adam Miles. Literally two first names. Like, you could... Or, like, or Alex Miles or whatever it was. Um, Samus is the only character you can think of unless you count, like, uh, Silex at the end. Um, the game is so unoriginal that there's even a, a, a Master Brain boss. Like, it couldn't even come up with its own original yeah, boss. That, it had to that have Master bad. Brain... Um, then you fight, and then you have a little bit of a Samus character butcher here, where somehow Samus gets kidnapped by the space pirates. Uh, I, actually, I, I want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we can get into that, because I know th this is, this doesn't make any L sense let's, to me. Let's just talk about it now, because yeah. this makes zero how sense. Samus zero gets, sense. First off, how Samus just gets kidnapped. I, I'll accept Samus getting corrupted by Faison and having, you know, being weakened by that. That's fine. That's, you know... Patholo you know, a pathogen or whatever, right? That's a whole thing. You can't really, like, shoot that. Um, how the space pirates just capture Samus at all, I don't even think that's explained, but they do that somehow. Th this is this is so absurd because... Why wouldn't they just yeah, kill her? Right. First of all, how do they how do they capture her? How do they her? capture her? And second of all, there is no way, there's no way... They wouldn't just kill her. space pirates have Samus in captivity for even five minutes, she's alive. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, they would kill her immediately. That makes... No story so, sense. And, like, yeah. yeah, not to sound morbid, like, but she would be dead. So, Samus is weak enough. Well, first of all, she was strong enough to be a deuces machina for the entire game. But then, when it's convenient for the plot, she becomes weak enough to be captured by the same space pirates that four randoms are plowing through, by the way. Literally decimating these four rando dudes, or whoever, are just mercilessly beating down the pirates with no problem, right? Because the game is easy. Somehow, those same pirates are able to capture Samus alive and trap her in some weird, like, room that makes her a giant, which was confusing because then I was like, wait, is she 
is everybody chibi also so that makes her regular size or are the chibis still considered normal whatever but either way they make her a giant which is canon i guess if <laughs> like i guess this game is canon I, you know, i'm actually i don't know if I'm it is willing to accept that maybe something happened where samus was knocked unconscious and the space pirates collected her I, you know what i don't I know can accept i that. can't i can't accept that that's character that's samus is defined well, as but, being but hold on, able hold on. to hold so, on on her own for the most part like when has she ever been right. able to just I, I, I don't disagree action? but think, think of the think of the start of um corruption you know she she gets zapped by dark samus and, and she's out and obviously there's no enemy on the same level right. as dark samus and like it, it's entirely far-fetched and i don't think i don't think it would actually happen but like i'm willing to it, suspend my disbelief just for a little maybe bit if they showed she us. maybe got captured and, and yeah maybe, maybe they, they showed, showed it. but us. like come on i i can't i can't extend my my disbelief that much where like if they had her they wouldn't immediately eliminate her and then they use her as a weapon um, i mean and, and that goes into the the final fight here because like the fight itself is really bad she's just in morph ball form which is like really dumb I, I i feel like it was just like it was dumb like why would she stay in morph ball mode the entire time and maybe it's because we already had like boss battles with sax and dark samus a couple times but like i think it was easier because <laughs> it's easier to animate why? a big ball probably yeah than a than a uh, giant but chibi in, samus just in, like the story context though it's like this doesn't make sense well right? i guess i will accept I maybe not accept, but I will humor the idea that because the pirates are notorious for wanting to make a bioweapon out of literally anything, that instead of killing Samus, they decided it was more fruitful to make her into a weapon. So, if we're if we're gonna accept that she somehow got captured, I'll continue to accept that. Okay, they used her as a bioweapon, because that I guess that that at least goes in line with what they do in other games, you know. Maybe not capturing Samus somehow and not you know not killing her fine, but using something they have as a bioweapon is like their bread and butter. So I under I can get that. But their means to do so is to use a giant ray on her and make her a giant is so like it's silly. It's, awful. it's silly. I mean it's just it's it's, it's cartoony stuff cuz now cuz we're going back like Metroid is something that is like Okay, even if in this in this chibi universe, up until this point, it's still taking itself seriously, you know, like the dialogue it takes itself seriously, like it tries to stakes-wise take itself seriously, like the the scenarios are serious for the most part. And then you have Samus turned into a giant that like this is where did they get this tech I mean, I guess they got the technology because it's explained in the game that there was on this planet Bion, which is known for giant organisms. Um, okay, if that's the case, then why did nobody know about this beforehand? Why were the Chozo or the Luminoth or the Ing or the Pirates, not, you know, not doing this beforehand? But I guess now they know about that because that's when the planet started to exist, when the story was written. Um, so I guess it's, like, explained how this was possible. It's just so stupid. It's so silly. And then, and then, and then, at the end, after you defeat Samus, Samus comes back. She... she giants she shrinks right whatever the giants <laughs> shrinks and she stands there and the 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 troopers watch as she gets crushed by falling debris make oh yeah no attempt, i forgot about that no what make no attempt oh, to yeah. try to save her and then right after your a your your co or general whoever goes well that was an unfortunate victory but we gotta move forward i'm like you're not even gonna 
even see if she's alive. You're not even going to... Samus, you're not even... <laughs> essentially Space Jesus in this franchise. You're not even going to look to see if she's alive at all. Or even try to save her before she gets crushed by this falling debris. I deadass thought... Well, I actually like. I was like, okay, maybe like she's still bad and like she's going to break out of the debris and fight again as like not morph ball mode. I thought it was like the second phase of the fight. Nope, you just, you just leave until Samus... Oh, she's super strong again. And another Deus Ex Machina, she shows up and, and saves and then, you at the end. And then she's not even mad. And yeah. she's not even mad. I, she's I can, like, wow. I can get that she's not mad at the at the trooper, but like, they they literally just left her to die. Like, yeah. your biggest asset ever. I, oh, I totally forgot about and this that. Is, and this that. is just Ugh. after, and this is just after, by the way, first off, the space pirates somehow, space pirates somehow have this big ship called the Doomseye that looks... Number one, I mean, the pirates aren't really known for having big carrier type ships, right? Like, that, like, it's not really their thing. In Prime Three, I guess it sort of got, brings in that idea. I, I can accept that they have this. this I guess weaponry. it doesn't look like anything else they would have, though. Um, but okay, I guess I'll accept that. But um, the fact that like this thing takes out so much of the Federation fleet so easily, <laughs> like the setup for this game is. The pirates took a hard loss. We're going to crush them while they're down. But at the same time, the pirates are strong enough to have this huge war machine ship that obliterates three quarters of the Federation, seems to capture Samus somehow and, and almost kill her and and be almost an entire death knell against the Federation. I, like, it's so all over the place and not consistent. But yeah, the <laughs> I I agree with what you're saying. I I'm willing. Actually, I'm willing to accept the the doom I think because it's like this is their last kind of hail mary weapon that we have to eliminate. I guess that's like, fair. If they if they get it, like okay. But yeah, the the, the leaving Samus at the end. Yeah, is and then Samus is like, oh, I was so nice to work alongside you guys. See ya, deuces. Yeah. Like uh, 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 okay. so. I I want your I want your take. Uh, and we'll we'll try and wrap this up because we're going long here. But uh, I want to get a few more things out here. I want your take on this theory that I read and I wish I could remember where I read it. If it's yours, please uh, hit me up on Twitter and take credit for it. But like somebody was just like that Samus at the end was not Samus. That, that morph ball thing that you were fighting was just like a weapon of the space pirates creation. Kind of like, kind of like how they were experimenting with putting pirates into morph ball form or whatever. They, they just built this weaponized morph ball. And that's why it was only in morph ball form. And that's why it was so giant. And I read that and I was like, that is so much better than like them capturing Samus and not killing her. Like I, I wish it was actually just as simple and straightforward as like, this is their weapon and the space pirates built this. I would have accepted that way easier than I accepted oh. what the game actually gives yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, it would be way better. It would make more sense. But unfortunately, like the game explicitly says and shows you that it is Samus. Yep. And you know, so it's like, I would be with you. But there's no evidence to suggest that it's even possible. It would be better, yes. What would have been great is <laughs> would have been great. It would have been really cool is if there was a mission where you fought alongside Samus against the pirates, and somehow the pirates were able to like clone her or get her DNA or or, or like do a flash like robot clone or something, so whatever, and then do all that stuff with it, right? And then that way it doesn't have to be the actual Samus. Then you can make this big giant Samus morph ball. Then that's fine because it's not real. It's not the actual Samus on organism where it is. It's you know it's a man, it's a biological weapon, whatever. Um, it would have been way better than what they did, yes. But that's that's not what they did. 
even even that's kind of lame like saying it like it's just a alien creation but i think it's better it's better than um, okay, making let's, samus let's... giant <laughs> yeah um let's move on and let's talk about the easter egg that this game fits in and i'm going to give the game some props because i actually think that this is kind of cool um during the metroid mission which is probably the best mission in the game for my money um you're you're transporting the metroid egg back to your ship and if you get it there um you get a post-credit scene where silex or presumed to be silex comes in and steals that bad boy i i like this uh i like this idea that he's coming in and he's gonna steal this maybe we can maybe we can set something up in the future with it really this is like the only scene of consequence in this entire game in my opinion yeah well it's the only scene where any plot happens i think <laughs> or any anything yeah. relevant to the story of metroid as a whole happens i think this is the the obvious lead-in that you know this is really everyone's thought you know, the obvious lead in into Prime 4, uh, that it is Silex. Uh, going back and actually watching the cutscene, it, it's because the game just looks so bad, it's actually kind of hard <laughs> to tell what it is at all because, like, it's dark and you don't really get much. You get, like, it's kind of his shoulder. Really, the only thing that sticks out is, like, he, like his body design is it's similar to no one else but Silex. Um, I like the implication that, yeah, okay, Silex is getting closer, like, infiltrating more. And, and I do want to see Samus versus Silex or, you know, Silex's incorporation in Prime 4. And because this game would take place between Prime 3 and Prime 4, that would make sense. Um, and obviously at the end of Prime 3, you know, Corruption, there's that extra ending where you can see Silex's ship pretty pretty explicitly there. This is not as explicit, mm -hmm. but it's 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 pretty heavily implied that it's him. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool scene, you know, it's nothing crazy, nothing shocking. I think it's... It has less weight because um, the, of the ending of Prime 3. You know, it's hinting at something that's already been hinting at. Uh, but to keep, I, I to agree keep with the that, idea I, I alive like it, and like, to extend it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. is good. And uh, I definitely think it's going to be leading into Prime 4. Though it's, it's crazy because if you think about it, like how long Prime 4 has been teased, if you count that as a like, tease, like Corruption came out in 2007, right? So you could count that as like Prime Four being hinted at or teased since then. But even after that, Federation Force came out in 2016, and that is still hinting at Prime Four. You know, four years prior to right. now, which we might not see Prime Four for another two or three years, if that. So to think about how long like Prime Four has been kind of hinted at, not hinted at, and or like built in a way, set up a little bit in a way, is is it's kind of crazy to think about. You know what? I'm actually so I'm not I'm still not as sold as a lot of people are that Silex is going to be a big part of Prime Four. He might be, he might be a smaller part, or maybe he's he's going to be the protagonist in this or antagonist rather of uh, this new rumored two D Metroid game. I could I could see that, but I'm I'm not as convinced that he's going to be a, a, a big factor in Prime Four as a lot of other people seem I'm, to be. I'm so pretty convinced. Yeah, we'll see. I think I mean we'll see. It makes sense because they got to have to do a story that could that makes sense after prime three and federation force, but also makes sense before Samus returns. Like why not have like a character that you can kill off or do whatever with in, in, in one game. Right. Um, and I don't think they have any intention still of really mixing prime in the main line series. I don't know if I would, I don't, I really don't see them taking Silex and putting him in the 2d, you know, uh, 2d sphere, 2d world, I guess. Uh, 2D plane of things for Metroid before they even do anything with him in the 3D realm, other than Hunters, I guess, and his sporadic appearances elsewhere. But I do, I think it's, I think it's a pretty, 
clear indication that that's where they want to go with the story. At least I would hope so. I mean, why not? Why not do it? I, I think it, it would be cool to get into, and they've already kind of set it up, set up a little bit. So I don't see what else they would really want to do. Um, so I hope that's what they're going for. Well, I hope that we find out sooner rather than later. One thing that we forgot to touch on uh, when we, I guess there wasn't a place to really bring it up, but man, one thing that I never thought that I would say, and even other M does this well is music and Federation force just has not awful, but just very bland, very forgettable music, which seems so odd for me to say about a Metroid game. So it's really kind of an achievement of its own that Federation force managed to pull this off. Yeah. I, at least other M has like a couple of tracks that are good. This game yeah. is, I think has the worst music for any Metroid game. Like straight oh, up. I, I think by a mile. There's like, I can't yeah. even remember a track. Like the first, uh, you know what track? I do remember the, the menu theme is so bad. Like that repetitive, like spacey, like menu theme that plays after like every time a mission ends and starts and like there's dialogue, like, it plays all over and over and over and over again. I hate it. Uh, and then, yeah, you get to, like, the generic levels, and they're accompanied by generic music. I think there's actually at some points where, like, the music just cuts away, and you just hear nothing. <laughs> and it just, you're, I, I was, there was one point in the game where I think I was either, like, uh, I want to say you're, like, on a grapple hook, or you're, like, just going across, like, some kind of, like, transport. And the music just ends. It just stops. And you're just, all you hear is, like, the creaking of, like, the transport, and you're just, and, like, the wind. And you're, like... This game is like trying to put me to sleep. I think it's really trying to put me to sleep. Uh, and yeah, I can't remember a single a single track. They're all so forgettable. Sometimes even barely there. Not even trying to have any kind of character or taste or soul or memorability or anything redeemable, which is quite honestly so baffling because music is something that even like other M didn't do wrong. I guess like other M. I would say it, it's baffling to say that yeah. there's a Metroid game with forgettable music. And that's what I'm saying. It, it, it yeah, seems it really like a is. sentence that's not like right. I can at least name a couple other M tracks that were good, but like the game was awful. But this game, there's not a single one. And I just don't understand that because, you know, we go back to like next level games. I remember uh, Super Mario Strikers didn't really have a soundtrack, but the sound design was very memorable. Luigi's Mansion, very memorable sound design and, and audio and soundtrack. So to go from those games and then come to this game, especially for Metroid, which is known for having really good music, to do nothing with that at all, just um, and do like very generic, very generic music was again very surprising. Very surprising and very strange, but um, you know we've been we've been chatting about Metroid Prime Federation Force and how it just missed the mark. Uh, for for over an hour here and you know we're probably not done with this topic we do want to delve into blast ball at some point we'll maybe try and see if uh online can can sway our opinion one way or the other we don't even know if you can play this online because we forget I, because I, I that's don't what know. Metroid prime does do i don't you. know i would I, I have i would say though like as we close this up i have a couple quick moments of praise for the game some things i think the game did okay i like the customization aspect i want more customization for Samus for her suits, as we talked about in our previous games, I think customization is good. In this game, it's underwhelming because the things you can upgrade, like, you, yeah. you can't really, like, there are no cool weapon upgrades. There are no cool pickups and stuff. You But you can modify your mech, which I thought was cool. I want to be able to modify my, my suit and all that. But the modifications you can make 
aren't really that significant. There are no like most of them are like damage reduction or amplification kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, you know, I kind of agree. I just think that it's so underwhelming. Exactly. In this game. Like the different skins. Well, that's are the thing too is that the skins and the color and paint reworks are underwhelming because it's all chibi. It doesn't look good. You know, if this was on a game that looked good, right. it would be sick. But I don't care about customizing my mech or customizing anything about what I'm doing because it doesn't look good. But the 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 fact that they did it, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, I would like to see more of that. Um, and I would say I, I like the, the, the game got cinematic at times, you know, like ships kind of exploding here and there. Like you got a couple different camera angles. Um, I like that. I like that. It's not like too static in terms of like entering a room when a scene starts. Like they try to set up the scene a little bit here and there with these kind of cinematic cutscenes or entries into an area, which I thought was, you know, I appreciated. Um, other than that. I'm trying to think of, of other things that I liked yeah, about I, the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your lead here. I'm gonna follow your lead and give out some Couple some positive things. like points to Federation Force. And the most positive thing that I can think of here is like I don't think that it does anything truly terribly. I actually like the controls are awkward and like you can't button map, which really hurts. But like even the controls, like once you kind of get used to it and you're just like, okay, well my fingers are gonna hurt after. That's yeah. fine. Even that I think is like is is fine like the game is just so bland it's like a consistent five out of ten in almost every aspect so like it's it's not bad but it it doesn't ever try to be great or a lot of times even good so i maybe that's not as as complimentary as i wanted it to be but like it's never bad it's never it's never awful there's nothing about it yeah it's just boring if if this Good word. Yeah, yeah like word. like if, if yeah. this came out if this came out a decade earlier, we wouldn't there wouldn't have been that microscope on this game and it probably would be remembered a little bit more fondly than it is. But, you know, it's it's not it's not terrible. If if a Metroid fan asked me, should I get Federation for us? I would say yes, like get it, play it, you know, don't expect um don't expect a Metroid Prime experience out of it, but like as a as a game to waste twenty hours on, like if you're if you're playing your 3ds on on the on the bathroom, sure, go play so, it. Go so buy you it. would so you would if someone asked you, you would give this a yes recommendation. I, I think if if a Metroid fan asked me, should I play this game? Um, I I would say yes, but I would I would say that with the caveat of like, it's not, it, it's not the best game in the world. It's it's very, it's very vanilla. You know, See, I, I but, but would I say, would I say you shouldn't play it? Um, I don't know. I, I think I would say like, if you're not a Metroid fan, I would say don't play this game. But if you are, um, sure. Why not? Yeah. I think it's going to be even for Metroid fans. I think this is a no for me, man. I think it's a no for me, dog. I, you know, uh, I think it's a, a no, except if you see it in a bargain bin or used or someone you can borrow it, but to spend full price or even half price on this game. Um, my thing is, is that when I recommend a Metroid game, I know it, I I do that knowing in full confidence that they're going to enjoy the game or that they're going to respect that it's a good game, right? You really can't go wrong when you recommend most Metroid games for that. Like on average, most Metroid games are really good. So I I can't in good conscience, like recommend this game because I know that it's not going to be fun for the most part. I didn't have a lot of fun playing this game. Other M like made me frustrated and bewildered me and made me hate it ultimately but this game is just like 
it, it's it's boring and i can't really recommend a boring game i can't recommend a really awful game but i can't really recommend a boring game either and this game doesn't really reflect any good values i have in metroid it doesn't really have anything at all that's redeemable that really reminds me of, of metroid except that it is a first person shooter but even like at least hunters still had some metroid in this hunters feels far more metroid exactly than metroid Force, hunters yeah. feels way more metroid <laughs> metroid and, and not only feels more metroid but the parts that don't feel metroid it leans into and does stuff with it right like the parts of this game that don't feel metroid don't feel good in any other way you look at them either you know like you can't really be like well they're not metroid it's not really a metroid game but it's a good game on its own i can't even really say that i don't you know um so yeah that, that's fair I, but it's not I, I as think bad I as would other only recommended uh, no it's got to play one I, of the I, other like i would only players. recommend this to a to a metroid fan that kind of wants to to round out their metroid experience like, yeah i guess like i'm the kind of fan that like like i want to play everything that has a metroid name on it and i have right so like um it took me a while to get there but like it, it's not egregiously bad but... i would say if you're looking for metroid spinoffs stick to hunters stick to pinball but I'll, I'll tell you this: I would recommend Axiom Verge. Or Axiom, yeah, just over, play over that's, this. That's over a better this game Metroid spinoff. Yeah, just play Axiom Verge. Um, that that game is far more Metroid than Federation Force. Yeah, and I, and I would say ultimately, at the end of the day, um, it's a game that you could probably miss. But I think that might be a good thing. Maybe you know, sometime you know, there are some great franchises out there that because they have a lot of games, they have duds. You know. We want more Metro games. Sometimes, I guess, they're going to be a bit of a whiff, a bit of a dud. Uh, we just got to hope that the next game is going to be great. And the next game, I think, was great. Samus Returns was, I think, a great game. And I'm, I'm still looking forward to the next one. And you know what? I don't even think that next... I, don't even, I wouldn't even say that next level is, like, fully to blame for this game. I would definitely think they got some direction. No, I don't either. And their track record, for the most part, is pretty good. You know, it just, it is what it is. I, I feel like they got, like, That's the, the hashing budget to make this game. Yeah, I, either that or they were just like, yeah, whatever, we need the money. We need the money. We'll, t- <laughs> we'll take the contract. Yeah, we'll work on a Metroid game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, those are my final thoughts on it. Overall, a forgettable game. Not going to hurt you if you play it, but not something, personally, I think you need to play. But, yeah, not a bad thing to round out your, your experience with. And it's probably, uh, you could beat it in a day, you know, or whatever, so it's not horrible. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Not great, not a standout game, but it's not other end. Well, we hope that you guys thought that this episode was not forgettable. I don't know if this is going to be our longest one yet, but it's, it's going to be uh, in contention. We can keep, we can keep talking to hit that one uh, an hour and a half mark if you want. Uh, you know, we could keep blabbering for another two minutes. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll, I'll do my outro and we'll see where we get to. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, of course, we want you to check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Dak is at the Rapture underscore on Twitter and on Twitch. So check him out over there. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We hope that you guys uh, enjoyed our episode on the Federation Forest disaster. We're going to be back and talk about Blast Ball at some point and maybe we we'll do a little bit of a follow up. Let us know what you think about our episode over in the metroid database discord uh we are active over there so come and join and uh and chat with us there we're we're very active in there so if you have some thoughts come and let us know we want you to check us out over on itunes spotify podbean you know the drill wherever you get your podcasts like and subscribe to the omega metroid podcast leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it we'd really appreciate that and um until next week guys we will see you then